Hey everyone, welcome to CrewCast. It's a podcast for guys of every generation. And I'm Todd Mullins, the pastor at Christ Fellowship Church here in South Florida. The CrewCast is a series of real conversations with other men designed to help you grow in your faith, live with purpose, and become the man God has created you to be. Welcome to CrewCast, a series of conversations for the men of Christ Fellowship Church from all generations, all locations. I am super excited about this conversation today. My name is Jonathan. I get to be your host, and I'm with some fellas that are men of God, passionate about everything, and then also passionate about God. Uh, I'm with our senior executive, Kevin Wilson, and I'm also with our downtown West Palm Beach campus pastor, Cole Robinson, and it's going to be a great podcast. But first, here's what I want to say. If you haven't got a chance yet to listen to our very first episode, this is a special episode from Pastor Todd, our senior pastor, as he explains the heart and a vision for these podcasts as a whole. And you want to make sure that you go check that out first before we get started. But let's go ahead and jump on in. We're going to be talking about some competition. Welcome, guys. Let's go. Love it. And uh, I think you described us well. We're passionate about everything. Kevin and I have been competing for the eight or 10 years that we've known each other. And uh, super excited for today. And today's conversation uh, is centered around the word ambition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we begin to process kind of this six-part conversation that we're having, uh, one of the things that kept coming up consistently was the word drive, the word mm-hmm. ambition. And I think for a lot of guys, it gets us in trouble <laughs> a lot. So uh, I'm way more competitive than Kevin, uh, and <laughs> I try to win at everything. It's gotten me in trouble a lot. Kevin has way better stories than me, though, about how many times you've been competing. With I'm someone. just older, and I've had more time to make mistakes. Yeah, that's absolutely. all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the kind of guy that shows up at the gym. Uh, I've been doing CrossFit for a couple years. And uh, it's really embarrassing to say that I've had more people say, I didn't know you were a pastor after the end of a workout session. More times than they were like, oh, I knew you from Christ Fellowship. I just kind of get this game face. Like I get in the zone Uh, and really begin to talk about this. So like our witness for Jesus uh, is so crucial and so important. But more than that, our soul health matters too. And, you know, first we want to kind of define what ambition is. So the Bible doesn't say that ambition is bad. Ambition is designed as a desire uh, to accomplish a task, to get something done or to, to build something. And ambition actually isn't bad. Selfish ambition mm. is bad. We kind of talk a bit more about that today. Yeah, um, We need ambition. You got to have it. If you're going to grow a business, <laughs> if you're going to compete, if you're going to be an athlete, if you're going to succeed in whatever you're doing, you need ambition. But selfish ambition is a different thing. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. Uh, I think one of the things that makes me who I am is my natural competitive nature, my Mm -hmm. drive, my desire to succeed, Mm -hmm. that determination. But it's also important for us to understand that um, with all of our strengths come a shadow side to that. So if I allow that determination, if I allow that hustle, that drive, that ambition, uh, if my motives are wrong, or if I become too self-reliant and not God-reliant, that's when it when it gets off, when I try and win at the expense of others. Uh, I remember being young in my ministry career, and I remember, you know, you start getting a, a couple of wins under your belt, your ministry's growing, people start to notice what you're doing. And someone important in my life came to me, and they were like, Kevin, you need to go to your senior pastor, and you need to ask for a raise. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. Like, I'm I doing will. great, you know? Yeah. And uh, right after that conversation, I'm like, man, what would it look like? And I, thankfully, the Spirit of God just smacked me in the head and said, Kevin, I'm going to ask that you make a commitment. As long as you serve me, let me be your promoter. Yeah, that's great. Mm. And uh, I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit just like stopped me in my tracks that day and I didn't do something stupid by asking for a raise. (laughs) Uh, But he said, Kevin, I always know where you are. I always know where to find you. And over the last 14 years here at Christ Fellowship, 
the incredible opportunities that have come my way, the promotions, the opportunity, the trust, whatever it might be, uh, I've not asked for one of them. And yeah. so I'm just grateful that 14 years ago, the Holy Spirit didn't say, lose your drive, lose your ambition, lose your mm-hmm. desire to succeed. He just said, you, you, you work hard and hustle and let me be your promoter. Well, listen, I'm thankful for that. We got to double click on that a little bit okay. because I think that was really good. But uh, as we talk about this idea that competition is a good thing, ambition yeah. is yeah. in a healthy sense is a good thing. But how do you keep it in check if, yeah, yeah. Uh, if once it starts to go towards that shadow side? I think I'll actually, let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> like I think we all need to be able to compete. And maybe you're here today listening and you're like, I'm not really a driven guy. That's okay. This is for all of us. Because mm-hmm. there will be a point in your life where you need to succeed. Mm. And the thing is, you can't succeed, like Kevin just said, at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's where we cross the line. So, you know, you're kind of asking the question. You're like, okay, how do you compete? How do you keep that in check? I, I think really it's a heart check for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I being competitive, you know, whether it's at the gym or maybe even in my life, trying to look at people next to me, like how are they doing at 30 years old? How, how are they succeeding? What are they good at? Um, for me, when I begin to compare myself and criticize maybe their decisions just so I could feel a little bit better, that's when I know my heart is kind of getting uh, out of whack yeah. a little bit. Uh, and I love what you said a second ago about self-reliance. I actually don't think... Uh, pride is boasting. Right. It's actually saying, I don't need God. I can do this on my own. Now, this is where all of us fall into the trap. I think every single guy at some point in your life mm-hmm. has gone, I'm self-reliant. I think a word that's pretty hot nowadays is actually self-made. Mm. I'm a self-made billionaire. I'm a self-made millionaire. I'm a self-made businessman. I'm a self-made athlete. No one helped me. I did it on my own. I succeeded. And that's actually counterintuitive to the gospel completely because mm-hmm. the gospel is a, a dependency on God, a dependency on him. And I think we know people like that. And oftentimes it's me, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. So you, you ask, like, how do we keep that in check? So uh, I think about uh, what the word of God says in James chapter four, where he said, God opposes the proud, mm. but he gives grace to the humble. And like Cole said, I, I used to think like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to you know, I don't have an issue with pride. Like I'm not <laughs> arrogant or boastful or cocky or whatever. And once again, the spirit of God reveals to you, there is a different side of pride. And that is that self-reliance, that self-dependence, uh, that, uh, what I have to keep in check in me is not my driver ambition, but what I have to keep in check is that I'm not getting out in front of the Lord. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, speak to that a little bit because you know, I think a, a natural dichotomy that happens to, with all of us is like, this is the side of me that I handle myself. Yep. yep. And these are the things that God handles in my life. Right. And we all have these areas or these compartments that we place these two things into. But I'm hearing that you're basically saying all of it should go into the bucket. So speak a little bit more to what you mean by allowing God and being reliant on him. Yeah. yeah. So I think about like you, we all have those overwhelming times in life where, you know, you can't get it done on your own. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to surrender control to God. Right. <laughs> but so I think about uh, in scripture, I think of Joshua. Mm-hmm. So he leads Israel to their greatest military achievement of all time in Joshua chapter six, when they conquer the walls at Jericho. Mm-hmm. Now, ridiculous instruction from the Lord, yeah. you know, nothing we would have come up with on our own. But he followed the Lord's instruction and he led Israel to a place that was promised to Moses that they they never got to. Greatest achievement in his military career. Two chapters later, they're going up against a little town of Ai, 
And Joshua, it not says artificial intelligence. Listen, just for Alan Iverson. Iverson. But it's just, <laughs> that's yeah. not where my brain went. But sure, great. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, Practice? but they're going against this little, this little town of AI and it says, Joshua did not seek the instruction of the Lord. Mm. So he looked at it and he's like, we just defeated the biggest giants we will ever face. And it's like a trap game, you know, yep. uh, after a big win. And he didn't even send his full army. He didn't come up with a plan. He's like, we've got this. And I think that's what we have to keep in check. That mindset of like, oh, I, I can handle this one. Yep. And it said, Joshua did not seek the instruction of the Lord. And because of that attitude, they actually suffered their greatest defeat wow. under Joshua's leadership. And so for me, keeping it in check is about not getting in front of God, mm-hmm. but waiting on his instruction, even when I'm confident in the situation. That's mm-hmm. where I find myself a lot. I think even in my walk with Jesus, uh, so many times in my life, when I get some wins, when my life is going well, yeah. I stop depending on the one who created it in the first place. So you make that prayer like, God, would you provide for us? Would you give us like a house or God, would you give us a car? God, would you give me a promotion? You know, whatever it is you might be asking, it happens. And what do we do? We just completely walk away from the one who gave it to us. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the house starts having problems and we're like, yo, God, can you fix the house that you gave me? Yeah, like, hey, I'm back. (laughs) We can't treat God that way. And in the same way, when we're driving, when we're trying to create things for ourselves, I kind of had this realization lately. um, A building can only grow as tall and can endure as long as the foundation it sits on. Mm -hmm. So you can only build a building as tall as the foundation will support and it will only last as long as the foundation is strong. It's good. If I am the foundation, it's not going to go well for no. me. It's not going to last long. So when I'm the one going, I'm going to create opportunity. I'm going to uh, ask God to give me something, and then I'm going to sustain it or maintain it. Maybe it's a mm-hmm. business for you. And you're like, listen, I'm a multi-million dollar business, or hey, I'm a small yeah. business owner, and I, and I made it big. We typically walk away from the one who gave us the ability in the first place. Mm-hmm. We walk away from the person who allowed us to have that and steward that. And because of it, you only last as long as you are strong. So I got to tell you right now, I am nowhere near ready to be Alpha and Omega, (laughs) Almighty God in my life. I'm barely a parent of a five-year-old and about three times a day, I'm like, this is it. I've reached, I'm done. That's it. You know, and it's like, I'm constantly having to go back to like my drive to succeed. I have to keep that in check in the same way going, I'm not the foundation. Mm -hmm. I am actually somebody standing on the foundation. His name is Jesus. I love that. Jesus uses that uh, illustration a lot. He talks about a tree, like a tree has strong roots. You know, you look at the fruit of your life. uh, The fruit is directly tied to the root is what Pastor Todd uh, Mm -hmm. would say. And I think for many of us, we're looking at the fruit of our business or our athletic career or our school or maybe even just life in general. We're crushing it. You know, like the fruit is going to reflect the root and it only going to last so long. So it's time to maybe do a heart check and like a soul check-in to go like, okay, how am I doing really and what's going to happen in the long run? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I love about the illustrations you just shared, Cole, is this idea that you didn't say you shouldn't build a building. Correct, right? yeah. You didn't say you should only stay with the foundation. I think there's this tension that you have to manage Yep. where you're saying like, yeah, I am building the foundation. The foundation is on Christ. He is the cornerstone. Um, but also saying there are things I can build. There is a hustle inside of me. There is this uh, healthy, holy ambition inside of me to do great things and to reach people and to make a difference in life of other people. And uh, as you're managing that tension, though, uh, you also have to manage like the holiness side of things, building that foundation, like you just said, those roots. So maybe you guys can talk to me a little bit more about like, what does that look like to build those roots, uh, build your life on that foundation? What does that feel like? Yeah, for me, I think it's easy to have ambition to um, do the things to help yourself succeed. 
how I've tried to shift my focus is go, do I have that same ambition, determination to help the people around me that's succeed? That's great. Okay. So um, John Maxwell in his book, Leader Shift, uh, he gives the illustration of moving from a ladder climber to uh, a ladder holder. Yep, and uh, man, that, that illustration just spoke to me and uh, how, how I think about it. It's a little soap, uh, soapbox moment for me, but uh-huh. you guys both know I love Christmas. Yes. And one of my favorite things to do. No, no, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help people understand. Yeah, yeah. So what is it? Like it's mid beginning of September. Christmas yeah. lights go up in two weeks. Listen, and every Wilson's household. Oh, it, wait, 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 wait. We can celebrate the birth of our savior all year long. So <laughs> anyway, my point in bringing this up is I love decorating and I've got a two story home and there, there are two sections of my house they're a little bit sketch i may or may not put my life on the line for christmas lights but there's one part where i get a big old extension ladder it weighs like a thousand pounds and i can move it around and you know do whatever i need to do but there's one part that i ask my wife Brittany to come out and hold it for me Mm -hmm. every year i'm like just hold it at the bottom while i tack these couple you know staples in and here's the reality if that thing starts to tip my wife is amazing there's nothing she can do to save my life. <laughs> like not a thing. I'm I'm hitting the ground and uh-huh. not bouncing back, right? And uh but the the confidence that it brings me, knowing that mm-hmm. she's at the bottom holding it helps me go another rung higher. That's great. And one of the things I've realized in my life and in my leadership is just standing on the base of the ladder for someone else mm-hmm. can give them the confidence to go one mm-hmm. step higher to take a step towards something that might have been out of their comfort zone or that yeah. they didn't think they could do. And so, you know, really we're talking about how to be successful and how to have hustle and ambition, but I've tried to go, how do I help others succeed? Mm-hmm. How do I hold a ladder so that they can climb high, uh, mm-hmm. higher? And so for me, it's really shifted my mentality from how do I climb the ladder? How do I get a promotion? How do mm-hmm. I go up the ranks to how do I yep. hold the ladder for someone else so they can do things that they didn't know were possible? And we all yeah. know people like this. So I want to mm-hmm. say like, I respect and love people that help others succeed. So mm-hmm. now Kevin's a big basketball guy. I'm five six, so not really. It doesn't work for me. But soccer, big soccer guy, mm-hmm. right? I love uh, Messi. He is hands down the greatest soccer player of all time. We're not going to have this debate about Ronaldo. <laughs> he went to Saudi Arabia and lost that conversation. Okay. But he came to South Florida, and Inter Miami was one of the worst teams in the league. Whether you like sports or not, the reality is they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Messi steps onto the scene. They win a league's cup. And they have not lost in nine matches because he stepped onto the field. The rest of the guys around him are playing at a level they never even thought possible. Yep. Wow. He brought the team to a whole different level, not because he's scoring a bunch of goals. He is. It's because he's got more assists and assists that would blow your mind. And he's also got more plays that are happening that these guys that were playing at a level that was not that great, they actually stepped up into a whole new version of themselves. Yep. And we love people like that. We love leaders like that. We see people helping those around them succeed, and we respect them. I think a lot of times we actually sacrifice our influence on the altar of ambition, Mm -hmm. and we lose the influence we could have in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm out to help you succeed, if I'm out to help you win, my influence will will grow far beyond myself. That's good. Like we know people like that. You can think of someone that you go, yeah, they care more about how I'm doing than they're doing. You can hear it in their words. You can hear it in their conversation. You can hear it when they ask you how you're doing. That's probably Mm -hmm. my biggest fallback when I first got to Christ Fellowship. Uh, Pastor Ryan, one of our pastors here, lovingly was like, you don't even ask how anybody's doing. And if you do ask, you don't even care what they say. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard check for me to go like, I care more about me than caring about them. And I I don't want to be that kind of person. Mm -hmm. I want to be like Jesus who made the people around him better, be like Mm -hmm. Messi who made the players better. 
uh, speaking to basketball, it's a Scottie <laughs> Pippen conversation. Jordan was never Jordan without Scottie Pippen. You know, I think those are things that matter for us and, and helps us look like Jesus. It's yeah, great. I love this illustration of, of holding the ladder. Uh, when I think of someone who sits in a seat as a senior executive, um, not all executives do it that way. Yep. Right? Some are really more in the seat for their own acclimation, for them to climb the ladder further themselves. When would you say that changed in you? And what is that? What does that practically look like currently in your stage? Yeah. So, man, I I don't I don't know that I can necessarily look back to like one moment where it like clicked and changed. Mm -hmm. But I think as I began to be trusted with more and my influence and leadership got wider, mm -hmm. um, it was no like success or winning was no longer based on how I performed. It was actually how my team performed, yep. like what I got out of yeah. them. Yep. So I remember when I graduated college and I, I got the, my first opportunity to coach a middle school boys basketball team. <laughs> and, Kevin's uh, like, we're going to yeah. kill every middle school team. <laughs> you can imagine a 23-year-old version oh, of me so doing that. So, uh, But like when you're the coach, you can't call a play for yourself. Mm -hmm. I never got to check into the game. And so that was incredibly frustrating, yet incredibly rewarding. And I think leading teams and leading at a high, the higher uh, at a higher level of leadership or getting more influence, one of the things I've learned is success is not about how I perform, but it's how I prepare the team to perform. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, players win games, yep. coaches lose them. You know, yeah. so it's my job to make sure the team is prepared and ready and coached and encouraged and empowered. And so wins for me aren't you know, what I do day to day. It's how I've prepared the team to and win. And that transition is hard. So I was talking to somebody yesterday about primetime Deion Sanders. The, the man right uh, now. Like Colorado is America's team. And I think <laughs> that what was interesting to them is they were like, they actually gave Dion the chance to run his offense. Mm -hmm. And he said no. So wow. he hired an offensive coordinator. So he went from being the guy, mm -hmm. could, could call the plays, but actually hired somebody else. And then his son's obviously the quarterback. You got Travis Hunter playing two-way football. And like I'm using all these sports analogies, but what I learned from that and what we were talking about is he had to transition from being the guy mm -hmm. to helping somebody else be the guy. That's right. Mm. And my question for you today, doesn't matter how old you are, who are you helping be the guy? Now, our vision at Christ Fellowship right now is get there first. Mm -hmm. like in the race to the heart of the next generation, the first one there wins. Who are you, who are you gonna help? Who are you mm -hmm. gonna get there first to? Now, if you're a high schooler listening to this, there are middle schoolers that need your leadership. Yeah. There are, if you're here today and you're retired and you're playing golf every day, there is somebody <laughs> that needs you to disciple them, to love them, to be the guy championing their lives. Mm -hmm. God did not call you to sit on a golf course every day and go home and wait till the next time you have a tea time. He called you to raise up other guys in, mm -hmm. in our generation to disciple them. So it doesn't matter where you fall in that. We got to help somebody else. We got to serve somebody else holding the ladder for somebody else helping them succeed. Yeah, that's really good. And I I think all of us have a player and coach within us, right? Like yep. we have this idea that we are still chasing after. We are still wanting to be better. We are still wanting to build. But then there's also a part of us that once you get to the top, if you're the only one there, it's the loneliest place to be. Yeah, that's it right. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have other people along the way that you've built up and you can you, you can see the scoreboard has essentially changed. How you get points isn't the same way you used to get points. And so I love that. Tell me a little bit more uh, as you're in life in general, leadership, of course, but also family, husband, those those attributes that you also have. Uh, tell me about the pressure of life and how you handle that pressure. Yeah. So if you are naturally competitive or ambitious, 
Uh, I would say that you're probably like me, and you put the most amount of pressure on yourself. <laughs> of course. You stack uh, the dogs yeah. team against you. Correct. You're like, so, I want the good guys on that side. I feel yeah. more pressure from me than I probably mm. do my wife, my family, you know, my, my supervisor. Yeah. And so if, if you have that, like, natural ambition, I think oftentimes you you put so much pressure on yourself, pressure to perform, pressure yeah. to be perfect, you know, pressure to not make any mistakes. And so – um, really you got to look at, Hey, how am I adding that? Because life and leadership mm. already comes with enough, you know, pressure, you know? So for me, I've got to find what helps alleviate that in me are healthy outlets. Great. So a couple of healthy outlets that I have, my morning routine is mm. super important. Getting up, spending a few minutes in the word of God. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not putting pressure on myself that my morning routine needs to take me through three books of the Bible and have a long journal. (laughs) Like, no, I don't have that kind of time in the morning. I'm getting my daughter ready for school and out the door. I have other times I do that, but I want to get in the Word, and I want to do at least 30 minutes of physical activity. Mm. For me, running has done as much for me mentally and spiritually as it has done physically because I'm an active person, so I'm an active listener. I'm an active prayer. Mm-hmm. I have better prayer times on my runs. Sometimes they're like, God, help me finish. But you know, <laughs> I, I have better prayer times on my runs than I do like yeah. sitting in a chair by my bed where I'm probably going to fall asleep. So for me, it's those healthy outlets like running, physical activity, things like that, that uh, alleviate pressure and put me in a better frame of mind. That's great. Yeah, and for me, I think I actually have to ask myself this question a lot. Uh, do I actually trust God? There's a verse in scripture that I love uh, that says the life of the generous actually grows larger and larger. Hmm. The life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Now you could talk about finances or stewardship kind of from that verse. But for me, uh, it actually correlates and translates to like when I'm generous with my life, with my words, my time, when I'm caring for the people around me, my life gets bigger. But when I'm stingy and I, and I get into those mindsets, I get into those seasons where I'm like, it's about me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give that person maybe the credit they're due, or I'm not actually going to go out of my way to encourage somebody today. You know, like I could actually see my life get smaller and smaller. And it kind of goes back to that influence thing we said earlier, like your influence diminishes and you may be succeeding, but for what? And, and also, you know, trusting God, he says that he will lift you up at due time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Due time is not every day. <laughs> like sometimes there there are times in life where you're not going to succeed or be the best. Mm. And and for me, the challenge is like, and how I put this into play is I ask myself, am I willing to celebrate that person today? Mm. Because if I'm not willing to celebrate that person, especially someone who's a peer. So picture mm. yourself at the office. Maybe you work a nine to five job. It's great. You got somebody next to you. Maybe you're in sales. And like, if that person is succeeding, and all you do is talk about how bad they are and how much you're frustrated <laughs> by them and how much you hate them, man, that's a heart check. But if you can go, I legitimately celebrate that person, man, your heart posture. And I think God blesses that. And man, I want the blessing of God far more than a bigger paycheck mm-hmm. and far more than the accolades that come with succeeding. So I think for me, I think I want to close a little bit of a challenge for us. And uh, I love how Pastor Kevin said it earlier, but like, what what would it look like this week today if you held somebody else's ladder, if you will, like find somebody else that you can help them succeed. Find somebody else to champion. I, I want to challenge you to text the person you loathe the most <laughs> and just, man, I hope, I hope you have a great week. Yeah. Like that's discipleship. Like mm-hmm. at, in the very core of like, take a step and, and actually lead yourself to do something like that. Or maybe you're here and you're like, I've made it to the top. 
and I've done it wrong, here's your chance to fix it. I want to challenge you this week to go like, maybe it's time to go back down the ladder a little bit and pull somebody else up with you. It's great. Yeah, I think that's an incredible challenge. I think that's something that's also accessible for all of us. All of us have someone uh, that we can lean into more that that we would be challenged to in other cases. Yeah. But we can we can say, look, I see in you, and I'm going to speak this in into your life and speak this uh, over you as well. And then also be encouraging to them yeah. so that we're not doing it ourselves. This has been this has been. Well, great. I'm not done yet because yeah. I want to hear. Uh, I want Kevin to defend publicly why LeBron James is a way better basketball player than Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're allowed. You're not allowed to say. I was gonna say I. Uh, I hope I don't get a text from Cole this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Uh, I'm asking him that because that's a conversation that Kevin refuses to have. That Michael Jordan mm. is the best of all time. But we always want to end on like a lighter note, mm-hmm. having a little bit of fun. So Jonathan's got some questions yeah. uh, for us. One of them was legitimately LeBron or Jordan, no and question. I was frustrated MJ. by the question. Quick. Yeah, yeah, MJ actually. all day. Uh, LeBron stands on the shoulders of Michael Jordan. So yeah, let's do some Spitfire. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I got all right, I'm gonna go Kevin first. Yes, sir. I'm gonna do four since one of them were already snagged from us. All right. <laughs> if you had to choose between barbecue and fine dining. Yes. <laughs> fine barbecue. dining barbecue. <laughs> yes. Some fine barbecue. Let's go. Oh, yeah. If it's a food question, Sponsored it's yes. Got it. <laughs> Driving road trip or plane ride? Plane. Never Ooh. road trip. Football or football? Football. <laughs> like a man oh, can't even say it's football. football. <laughs> yeah. Say a man can't football. even say it. Wow. Like American football. <laughs> Podcast or books? Audiobook. Got to be audio, 1.5 feet speed. You got to speed it up. You got to do you it. You got to speed it up. <laughs> That's great. All right. Cole, yep. you ready for yours? Yep. Sweet barbecue, savory barbecue. Sweet, always. Really? Yep. Read the instructions or wing it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends on what I'm building. If it's Ikea, for sure read the instructions. Got to do it. I've reached that age at 30 where, like, now I'm young and cool. I just have a lower back pain, and I like to put Ikea furniture <laughs> together. That's what I've realized. It's therapeutic. Tent camping, RV camping? Neither. <laughs> Neither. No. He's not Kevin. Enough all. of that growing up. I'm good. No way. <laughs> Luxury or classic car? Luxury, always. All right. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Oh, not even a conversation. Can you defend that right now? I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I already did. I did earlier. I Listen, this has been a great conversation. I think it's something that uh, we as men all deal with in some nature or the other. And I'm looking forward to so many more of the conversation that we're going to have as part of Crewcast. And uh, and I can't wait for the next one. See you soon. 